When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. of the reality is as always it's newer and i'm riding solo today um this week i am gonna get a couple of guests um surprises ahead um i mean it's never really a surprise right you download the new episode and you see it right there but anyway i'll have some guests on later this week but today's episode is going to be solo i'm going to be talking about warehouses of atlanta and summer house martha's vineyard sunday programming um It'll be a quick one because I actually have to go and get ready to go to a Vanderpump Rules viewing party um, that Richie D, a.k.a. Caduz, the genius on Instagram, good friend of the pod, good friend of real life, is doing um, in Jersey tonight. So I it'll be a quick episode. But honestly, I had like more fun watching Martha's Vineyard than I did Atlanta. Atlanta confused me a little bit. I mean, let's let's just get into it. Okay. So Real Houses of Atlanta this week, we opened up with Sheree hosting brunch for Sonia and Marlo. And there's a lot of talk about BravoCon, which I love. I, you know, I think I've said this before um, talking about other shows, but I do think that Housewives now we can, we're, we're we got to move away from these are just like fancy ladies with lives like us, you know, like, oh, they're rich, but they've got kids. Like, I mean, one of the, the best things about Rehouses of Atlanta early on was like, you had this like bigger than life itself character person, Nene Leakes. And she was so funny and she was just so um, charismatic and she was so animated. But then she had these sweet moments with like her kids, right? Where she was like worried about her kids, like all that kind of stuff. You had this lunatic in Kim Zolciak. You had these characters that were still trying to act like they were fancy, but they weren't, right? We knew that. I think at this point, it's like we all know that they make millions of dollars. Like we all know that now if you're on Real Houses of anything, at least if you've been on for two or three seasons, you make a good amount of money. Maybe not from the show directly, but just from the social media, getting your little trinkets out there, all that kind of stuff. So I think that it's okay to start watching these shows from the lens of these are women who have 
something else going on besides the show. Like these are not, these are no longer relatable in the sense that they used to be. Like OC when it started, right, was like, yes, these are wealthy women in a gated community, you know, but they were still like moms. Like <laughs> Vicky still yelled about a family van. You know what I mean? Like she still, it, it just, it still was somewhat more realistic to what we know now. And now we have to view housewives for what they are. So like Sheree has this uh, brunch and Sonia and Marlo come and they're talking about going to BravoCon and seeing fans and all that kind of stuff. And I think that it's a different lens. It's almost like we're watching it now with like a Beverly Hills lens, right? Like we used to watch our houses at Beverly Hills because there were some of them were already famous. And so it was like interesting to view it from that lens. And now I think we have to view all of the shows of that lens because they're not just nobodies. These are all people who have other stuff going on. They're famous. They're famous people, you know? But anyway, um, they come back from BravoCon. They discuss how Mama Joyce was shading Todd. They discuss how Drew was shading Sonya. And then, you know, it's whatever. It's just kind of like setting up for the rest of the episode. And then Sheree talks about the Martell and Kenya situation. And she says, well, I told Mart- I told Kenya that Martell is a good man. And if he was just like the way he is on the show, I would never be with him and blah, 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 blah. And he's a good person because he picked me up from the airport. Okay. <laughs> good picking, Sheree, I guess. Um, Marlo says that uh, Candy... And when they're talking about the Mama Joy stuff, Marlo says Candy needs to not worry about Marlo, but what we're worry about what the streets are saying. And then she says, and the streets are your mama. Immediately, immediately, that is a Kendrick Tucker meme. Immediately. Okay. Um, but it, it just it, you know, Marlo, where who did I who said I don't know who said this, and I apologize. I don't know if it was like Ben from Macho Crappens, but somebody basically said that. It would be good if they did a reverse Marlowe, like a reverse um, uh, Marisol with Marlowe. Like, you know how Marisol is a friend of that is really heavily involved? I think it would be okay for Marlowe to be a housewife, but just be like limited involved. Because I'm not going to lie, there are still times when I'm like, Marlowe, what are you doing here? Like it just, I don't know, something about it isn't, I love watching her, but just she's, I I can still tell that there's a lot of phoniness and we'll talk about it as the episode goes on. But, um, we had a stupid rock climbing date with Drew and Ralph and it's always cringe to watch a couple that, you know, is divorced or getting divorced, pretending to like each other. You know, uh, Ralph says that they're going to be like Ike and Tina, which by the way, fucking crazy statement. But as I say this, like the news just came out that Tina Turner passed away at the age of 83. Rest in peace. What an icon, a legend, a diva. Goodness. Um, um, all right. So what else happens? Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm getting notifications and I apologize if it made noises. Um, Ralph and Drew have a stupid date and I, yeah, I hate it. Um, Kenya is like boss babing and screaming at someone about resolutions and pixels. Okay. Um, but she says that she's going to be doing a performance and Manetta is going to be helping her choreograph it because Manetta is an amazing choreographer. Okay. Um, Candy and Don Juan get together and they write down a to-do list and just watching them put this to-do list together gives me a lot of anxiety. It's a lot, but Kenya also, I mean, sorry, Candy also put other like stuff on it, like you know, packing Blaze's lunch. Like, come on. I don't think she wrote that, but it was just, 
it was like it was like produce a Broadway play, make a movie, Todd's movie, write a script, a photo shoot, Blaze's lunch. <laughs> anyway, um Manieta comes over and they talk about the whole like Mama Joy shading Todd at BravoCon thing. I mean, whatever. Like I the only thing that it did for me that was entertaining was that the internet immediately started pulling out all of the times that Mama Joyce has been like an absolute terrorist to her daughter and her son-in-law. And like Candy is, you know, that's that, that clip of Candy crying saying, that's my mama. Like that is 100% true because like I get that that's your mother, Candy, but like let's not mic her. Okay, let's let's not allow her on the show anymore if she's still saying all this crazy stuff about Todd. Listen, I talk about Todd all the time. I don't like Todd. I think Todd's a waste of space. But Mama Joyce has got to let the mouse go. Um, Drew has a little gathering at her house. She invites over bobblehead cousin Courtney for dinner. Man, Courtney is so annoying. She's so annoying, you guys. She is so annoying. She's doing too much. She's, God, she's crazy. She's so cringe. I can't stand her. I like, I I want somebody to turn off her mic. Like, is she even mic'd? I don't think she needs to be because she's so screechy and loud and annoying. Um, Candace, uh, Drew gets a call from Candace. My girl, Candace. Candace is going to be coming to Atlanta to perform. And she asks Drew if she can perform with her and drew gets really excited and while courtney is there she facetimes candy and then she pretends like she doesn't know what happened between courtney and candy like no we know that you know because in the very next scene she's like i know something happened but whatever like she's got to get over it and then also the early i think it was last episode uh stupid ass ralph was like oh yeah courtney and candy candy got into it um she came at candy and all this stuff and Drew said, oh, yeah, the Pittmans, they're crazy. Like, they like to fight. Okay, so you know that she and Drew got it, or she and Candy got into a fight. Why are you calling Candy besides to be messy? Don't change. Keep doing it. Anyway, then Drew talks some shit about Sonya, whatever. Um, We get a full Candace interstitial music. Very exciting, as you know, for me and all the Candace apologists out there. Um, Drew and Candace do a little sound practice, sound check at the Sydney Winery event. Everybody starts coming in and things are pretty icy between Marlo and Candy. Candy has had it, okay? When Candy said, you are getting on my motherfucking nerves, she's done. Candy is so over playing nice with these hoes, honestly. Um, Candace performs and then Drew joins her on stage to sing three lines. <laughs> and I also wanted more than a woo woo woo. Okay. It was a 43 second performance, but Drew is acting as if this bitch just won American Idol. <laughs> I, I live, I live for Drew's delusion, guys. I live for it. I love it. I think it's so fucking funny. Um, they go back to a party room and I say what you will about the Atlanta girls. They waste no time. They get to the meat and potatoes. Okay. Sonia's asking Drew why she shaded her at BravoCon. They sort of squash a beef, but like, to be honest, I wasn't sure that there was even beef. Like, was there beef? Was there not beef? I, I'm not even sure it was pretend beef. It wasn't even beyond meat beef. It was like a, at best, a portobello mushroom 
burger from really far away and you have really bad vision and you thought that was beef. That was the amount of beef that the, we all recognized between Sanya and Drew. It was so weird. It was about a hair flip, about a t-shirt. It was about merch. I'm not sure. It was about an unfollowing. I was like, <laughs> you guys could have squashed this beef before you even got on the show. I didn't need this. Um, then we move over to cousin Bobblehead, cousin Courtney saying that Candy brings the ghetto with her and Candy is activated. And honestly, I'm not sure how this fight ends. Like Courtney says, I know that like, you know, I'm from the ghetto, so I can say that you're ghetto. (laughs) I'm from the ghetto, so I can say that the people that you brought with you are ghetto, but also it's a compliment because I'm from the ghetto. What? And Candy says some stuff. I'm not sure what, but Candy's just like, she's like, (laughs) she's like not even sitting upright. She is slumped in a corner. They're not even like her lighting is weird. I don't know. It just cracked me up because I'm not sure how it even ended, but we moved on to Drew asking Candy about how things are going about the incident that happened at Blaze and Candy and Marla's like, what incident? What incident? And Candy's like, um, everything's fine. It's a private matter. It's being handled. And Marlo says, the shooting? And Candy's like, we're not going to do this. And Marlo says, oh, okay. If we're not going to talk about it, if Candy Burris gets to not talk about stuff, then I'm I'm getting up because we're not going to talk about it. But then Candy says something about, okay, if we want to talk about it, then let's talk about the fact that you cut some girl in the face. And Marlo's like, okay, I can talk about how I cut some girl in the face. And then kind of like bicker back and forth. And then it's whatever. And then it ends. And then we get this 30 minutes later, producer Cam and Marlo and Drew are getting into it about a shooting. So what ends up happening on this this scene, it's like two. Okay, Marlo's nephew passed away a couple of years ago. Marlo's like two or three years ago. Marlo's nephew passed away. He used to work at Old Lady Gang back in the day. And he got shot in an altercation with his like roommates in his apartment and he died. Super sad, super tragic. Fuck these motherfucking guns. I can't, right? So Marlo says that that happened. She lost a nephew to gun violence. And she's annoyed about the fact that Drew can't even say the word shooting. She keeps saying incident. Now, let me say something. When big mass shootings happen. This is something that does affect, that that does happen. We've seen this happen where there will be a shooting and Republicans often and people will say there was an incident, an incident that led to the death of 30 kids in a fucking school, right? But they always say incident. They don't say shooting. And so I understand the trigger here of like, why aren't we talking about gun violence in the full words that they are? Like, I understand what I understand what Marlo is saying. I do think that when there is a shooting, we need to say shooting and not incident. But in this particular situation, I feel like Marlo is she's using is like she's pulling at straws to come at Candy about something. Like we already know that she came at Candy at the reunion. She's been she came at Candy last season out of nowhere talking about how. Candy's like a whore. And then now this season, she's already, she's still annoyed with Candy. Candy and her did never squashed it from the reunion. Candy's being icy to her. But Marlo is 
pulling at straws to come up with something, right? Do I think that it makes sense when there's a shooting to say shooting? Yes. In this particular situation, I'm not sure what Marla was trying to get at with Drew. She's like, I lost a nephew to, so first she says, I I lost somebody to gun violence and I think we need to say the word shooting instead of incident. Okay, fine. But then she also conflates this other thing about how the, the nephew that died used to work for Candy years ago. Candy texted her and or she texted Candy about it. Candy said, damn, I'm sorry to hear that. Then a couple of days later, Marlo was talking about it on camera um, and Candy pretended like she didn't know. Now, in the footage that I saw, did I feel like Candy pretended like she didn't know? I think Candy looked like she was very sympathetic. She's listening to her. She's giving her, she says, that that's really terrible. That's so sad. What more do you want Candy to do for you? And this is the thing about Marlo that I'm seeing repeated from last season. Last season, when she was having issues with Michael and William, and she was like overwhelmed about like being a Munty and all that stuff, she was looking for people to like give her sympathy. Like she's hungry for sympathy. She's hungry for like people to huddle around her and be there for her and be this because the sisterhood, right? Like I think a big part of Real Housewives that everybody talks about, like we've definitely seen it in um Ultimate Girls Trip and all this stuff, is to talk about like that sisterhood. Honestly, I to me sometimes being on Real Housewives or being a Real Housewives, I'm sure is probably like being part of a sorority, right? Like it's an experience that nobody else understands. It's very particular. And I think that a big thing that women always take away from it is, oh, it's a sisterhood. Everybody's together and we all come for each other. We all ride for each other, even when we're fighting, all this stuff. And Marlo has been witness to this, right? The way people come together for your Nini, the way people came together for Cynthia, all these things. But I think Marlo is looking for that sympathy again. However, she seems to be using these like tragedies in her family as like sympathy props. I think it's very important for Marlo to talk about what happened with her nephews last season. It's important for her to talk about her sister that was in prison. It's important for her to talk about the fact that she's lost family members to gun violence. It is important. But the uh, like the reaction that Marlo is looking for from these women She's not getting, and then she's reacting really poorly to it, which tells me that you don't actually care about the story that you're you're telling. You care more about you don't care about bringing awareness to the story you're telling. You care more about be you know people being nice to you because you went through this tragedy, and I think that that's really low. I I, I I've experienced a level of that when my son was sick, and I would hear people like use that to feel like to get, we call it like sympathy porn. Like people really get off on knowing somebody who's going through a tragedy. And I'm not saying that Marlo is doing exactly that, but Marlo is doing something along the lines of it, of it that gives me the ick. Okay. Um, and she storms off and she just screams at Drew and Drew's like, what the fuck happened? What did I do? What, what's going on here? Right. Um, anyway, that's the end of that episode. Um, and then let's head over to Summer House Martha's Vineyard. I fucking love this show, you guys. I love this show so much because there's nothing in the world I love more than people taking low stakes, petty drama and acting like it is the end of the world. Oh my God. It is so good. It is so good. Everybody is so fucking gorgeous. 
Everyone's stunning. Everyone's kind of an asshole. I love it. I love the show so much. Um, we open back up on Phil being a terror um, to the house, and Amir, sweet baby Amir, is defending the house's honor. He's going to fight him. It cracked me up because he's like, you know, when guys like try to come up at me and say like, you know, yeah, I'll fight you. It's a trigger because I was bullied. I was bullied because I was a real Urkel type. <laughs> he says, I was a real Urkel type as a kid. And then the editors cut to Nick on the couch. <laughs> you guys, it was so shady. It was so shady. <laughs> now, listen. Phil is a monster. <laughs> Phil is terrible. He's not a good person. But I would be lying if I said this man did not make me laugh my ass off. He was coming in with a David from the real world energy. Okay. He was, I swear, if a woman was naked under a blanket, he would have pulled it off of her, which is not funny. Okay. It's not, not funny. But this man was making me laugh, you guys. He was making me laugh because the men are all like, I'll fight you, I'll fight you. Because they're mad at him for taking a dump in Nick's toilet and not flushing it. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? It's Listen. It's hilarious to me because I'm not the one who had somebody poop in their bathroom and not flush it. <laughs> but I can see why I would somebody else would be mad. I would be mad. I would be really, really pissed. Okay. He's being rude as hell. Jordan tries to talk logic. To him. I feel like everybody's a little bit, you know, lubricated. Like I feel like everybody's a little bit drunk because Jordan's trying to talk logic to him. He's being rude. <laughs> Cell. And then when Jordan starts to like get activated, he's like, you're so cute. And then Jordan gets more mad because, you know, as we said before, there's nothing in the world a hot girl hates more than being called hot. You're hot, Jordan. Just accept it. I've seen Jordan in real life. She is really fucking hot. Um, but he's just he's fighting with Jordan. And then he says, because I'm in tears reading these notes. He says he's going to shit in Jordan's toilet next. Oh, my God. I love this show so much. You guys, I can't. I'm sorry that Phil had to leave because he made me laugh so hard. So I watched this episode three days ago. I'm still laughing. So funny. So they get all real world. They want to have a house meeting. <laughs> they're like, Phil's got to go. All the men are like, Phil's got to go. And they're like, going to vote <laughs> to have Phil leave, right? <laughs> Classic reality TV house meeting. Mariah, who, who's minding her business in her little casita, not bothering anyone. She, by the way, was like, Phil, if you want to stay here, there's a room here in the casita. Like, you could stay there, I guess, if you want. She has no problem with it, okay? But Mariah has no idea what's happening. Jasmine, who's the worst fucking friend, doesn't say, hey, if we're going to do a house meeting and vote on Phil leaving, let's get Mariah here and vote on it. 
Mariah has no idea. She's minding her business. She's looking for Cezanne. She is doing nothing. She's minding her business. Bria, <laughs> Bria, Miss Lottie La, she decides to be an emotional terrorist. And she's like, well, if my friend's going to leave, then Mariah has to leave. And they're like, why does Mariah have to leave? And they're like, because she handed me my laundry. <laughs> She, she, she aggressively, <laughs> she aggressively put my dog's laundry on my chest. <laughs> you guys, if you're not watching this show, I beg of you, I beg of you, please, please watch the show. It's so funny. And they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Jasmine's like, shit, I didn't think this through. And so Bria makes a decision that if her friend if her asshole friends got to leave the Jasmine's asshole friends got to leave um and Jasmine has to drop the news to Mar- uh to did I see Maria this whole time I meant Mariah was I seeing Mariah guys I don't know I'm sorry she has to tell Bria has to tell Bria has to tell Phil that he's got to go and Jasmine's got to tell Mariah that she's got to go um but the way that Bria goes up to first of all it's like two o'clock in the morning Bria looks like she's been either crying or didn't wash her face. I don't know what happened, but she, oh, another thing that Phil said, by the way, he was like, he was like, he hates Nick and then he's going to fight the boys and he's also going to, he's like going to, he yelled at Nick or he yelled at Jordan and he's also going to yell at Milo the dog. Guys, you guys, he's crazy. I miss him already. So anyway, uh, Phil leaves. He leaves as quickly as he came, Um, but not without leaving a mark on my heart as a hilarious, hilarious person. Jasmine um, has to drop the news to Mariah that she also has to leave. And it's wild. It is wild because, okay, the next day, (laughs) Shanice, who I also love. I love Shanice because she's got a goofy Ashley Darby energy about her. And I just think she's hilarious. She sits there for a good time. She's like, what? Phil left? What? He's so much fun. He got us blackout one time. It's okay. So she calls up Phil and she's like, hey, Phil, like, just fucking say sorry to everyone. <laughs> Phil's like, fuck you guys. I hate everyone. He doesn't say sorry. He just hangs up on them. And meanwhile, freaking Mariah is like sobbing. She's sobbing. Can we just talk about the fact again that Jasmine is a shit friend because she doesn't defend her friend that... Jasmine made Mariah live in a car in New York City with her. And in this, and and he this woman gets a little, you got a little money, you got a husband, you got a spot on a TV show, and now you're gonna kick your best friend out of the house because she aggressively handed somebody laundry. Jasmine, you're a shit friend. Um Anyway, Mariah has to leave and she and, and Amir comes. He's like, I'm sorry, you got to go. He's being so nice. Here. And I was like, we're being really fucking nice right now. But you're the one voting her off the island the night before. And then after she leaves, we find out that Amir, that sweet, gorgeous bastard, is the one who put the dog's toys in the laundry in the first place. That's dirty. That is dirty. And then they cut to it and it's. Again, so funny. It's this fucking sitcom. You literally see Amir. <laughs> they're fighting. And Amir's like, I, oh, and then he's just like, I'm going to stay out of it. 
what a dog shit person. So gorgeous. So anyway, the next day they have a field day. Um, Alex makes some weirdo comment to Shanice about like needing personal space. And then we find out that there's allegedly some sort of a blog post about Shanice allegedly stalking her ex-boyfriend who's some no name, no line extra from Insecure. I love this show. I love the show. This is so funny. I love Shanice because they're like, oh yeah, we all heard about this. It was on Bossip and blah, 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 blah. And the girls are like, I've known Shanice my whole life and she is not crazy. She would never be a stalker. Because like Shanice was in a really toxic relationship. And honestly, the way it ended, it was better for everybody. It cuts to Shanice and Shanice is like, yeah, I definitely did some stalking. (laughs) She's like, she's like, yeah, some of that stuff I did do. I did call him a ton of times. (laughs) She just doesn't care. I love her. I love her. Um, at the beach, Amir is like really still trying to lay it on thick on Jordan. Like he's like, are you on The Bachelorette? Like, I don't know what they thought this show was going to be. Did they think it was going to be Summer House? Like what? What was the show pitched as? Because Amir really thinks I feel like everybody's on a different show. We got a little bit of Survivor with the voting off the island. We also got tastes of the real world. Oh, also, can we just go back to the fact that after Phil is kicked off the island, he, because they are on an island, Nick still has to go (laughs) and flush the toilet himself. Like, I feel like, I feel like if they said, hey, Phil, if you go and flush the toilet right now, you don't have to go home. You're just going to go stay in a different room. But all you got to do is flush the toilet. But he doesn't flush the toilet. And Nick still has, even despite getting Phil kicked off, Nick still have to go, has to go and flush somebody's shit that's been sitting in the toilet for five hours. If I was Nick, I'd be like, I'm leaving. Please, I would love to leave. I w- that smell permeating in his room. It's an attached bathroom, guys. It's ridiculous. Anyway, sorry, back at the beach house. Um, at this point, Amir is, like I said, laying it on thick on Jordan. But the night before, Shanice just casually walks out in her underwear. And I feel like between that scene and also like how Alex is talking about her, there's just like a, it's on the edge of slut shamey. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Why are you talking about Shanice? Shanice seems like the most fun, hilarious girl. I feel like she seems like a great time. Um. Anyway, they all come back after the, um, oh, and while they're there, Shanice is like, um, okay, Alex, like, what was up with you calling me, like, saying you need your personal space? Like, what was that about? Like, she's so, she's so goofy and sweet. I like her. And Alex is like, oh, like, you know, that's when we find out the whole insecure thing. Whatever. I don't care. Alex is a weirdo. Alex tries to act, anybody who acts, any man who acts so zen and then is like, also doing thirst traps and also like acting like he's like too good for women. I, I only like women when they're smart. Meanwhile, you haven't even tried to talk to Jordan at all. Get out of here, Alex. Um, they come back and they make a family dinner and Amir asks for breadcrumbs for on top of his mac and cheese. Now I have to say that I make really good mac and cheese. Okay. And most of the time there are no breadcrumbs on top because I don't have the time for it. Right. But a good mac and cheese sometimes, you the key for the top crust to get a little bit crunchy. So I don't want dry. I don't want it dry. Okay, I hate dry mac and cheese. Of course, we want it. We want a bechamel. We want like four times the cheese that you have of pasta. 
it's cheesy, creamy, delicious. But the top, you get the cheese crust, but then you also do a buttered panko. Panko is light. It's not a regular breadcrumb. And then when you do butter, like when you butter and toast the panko before you put it on top, you don't use a lot. I'm not talking, it's not a fucking shepherd's pie, okay? It's just a little bit of crunch, a little crunch on top of your mac and cheese. It's delicious. I'm not going to try to argue with black people about what is good mac and cheese because it's not my ethnic food. <laughs> it's a food that I learned when I came to America. It's not so that it's like I'm and I it would be like a person of any other race arguing with me about what is good like biryani, right? I'm sure that I probably make an abomination of whatever it is, mac and cheese. But I'm going to say a little crunchy panko on top never hurt anybody, okay? Um, They talk about going to the club after dinner and getting free drinks. And Silas is being a real misogynist weirdo about it. He's being so weird about what women should or shouldn't do at the club. And this just seems like a disaster because I was thinking about the fact that these two have been together for three years got engaged after six months, met during the pandemic, and during this three-year period, he also went away in the army. I I can't wait for them to get divorced, honestly. This is a disaster, and I love watching a disaster couple on my television, um, especially because they pretend like everything is fine. But this is a disaster, okay? This is categorically a disaster. You barely know this person. And and also the fact that Jasmine keeps being like, I have to navigate what I'm like now that I'm a married woman. Like, I can't, what were you doing, girl? Why are you acting like married women can't go out and have a good time? What were you doing? Giving hand jobs for, for free drinks? I don't understand. All of us go out. When I go out for a girl's night, there are times when somebody will buy me a drink. I will accept it. And then nothing happens because I go, I'm married. And then they go, all right. And that's the end of that. Or we just have a conversation and then we leave and that's it. Like now we leave as in the person who bought me a drink leaves. I say, I leave with my friends, right? That's what you do. That's called like being a woman in the city and like going and having a nice time. It's weird, man. This Silas Jasmine stuff is weird, but I am enjoying watching it. Uh, We also find out through conversation that apparently Nick, who's like being really strange, apparently has a girlfriend, but this whole time he's been slipping into everybody's DMs, just slipping and sliding into all the ladies' DMs before they got to the house. So I, I love this. I love men that pretend like they, I don't love men that pretend. I enjoy watching men pretend like they are good at pretending to be good people when it's really transparent and then them getting caught. Hello, isn't that what all of Scandaval has been? Hi. Um, anyway, that's it. That's it for this episode. I don't know if you could tell, but by me crying laughing, I love, I love Summer House Martha's Vineyard. I think it's so funny. I think it's incredible. I hate to say it, but I might <laughs> I might name this episode Justice for Phil. No, I won't. But Phil did make me laugh really, really hard this episode, you guys. He killed me. Um, anyway, I will be back. I, I will be back later this week to talk about uh Teresa's wedding special 
and obviously Summer House and Vanderpump Rules and all of that good stuff. Um, And I will catch you there. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.